Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today is Tuesday within the Librocube, which of course means it is TV Tuesday, or Television Tuesday, or, as Mr. Doug Heffernan might say, Television Tuesday. I think he would say Tuesday normally, but Television might say like that occasionally. Mm-hmm. Something I like to say at the top of every show, usually, assuming I don't forget, is that there will be spoilers most likely. Sometimes I will say it slow like that to really give the full effect. Uh, sometimes when listening to a podcast at work, I will not be paying 100% attention, so I may have missed uh, someone saying there will be spoilers. So, for, for those of you who may have missed it, SPOILERS! I will yell it out thusly. Ha ha! You have been warned. I also like to say that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is that perhaps you pass the podcast on to the, onto the friend. <laughs> onto a friend, even. Onto the friend, onto a friend. Whatever floats your boat. You can do so many, many ways. Uh, the people who host the site are called Podbean. Yes, the people who host the site are called Podbean, so you can find us there at maywood.podbean.com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, if you search Lackadaisical, if you search Liberal Cubicalist, if you search Liberal Cube, you name it, search my name, I think it'll come up. Uh, we're on Stitcher on uh, your Android device. We now have an app. So, again, search any of those things. I wonder if you search my name. I never checked that. Basically, uh, what I tried to do is anywhere podcast can be found and submitted, I did so. So, it shouldn't be too hard to find us. Really. And then throw one of those at your friends and see if it sticks. Yay you. Today's sponsor is a new TV show. Hmm. Funny how that worked out. <clears throat> it is called Magnum G.I. Joe. Ooh, sounds pretty exciting. Once again, today's sponsor is Magnum G.I. Joe. Starring Mr. Cobra Selleck. Ooh, yeah, sounds good. Sounds exciting. I have uh, three shows today. However, within each show, multiple items. So, let's see how that goes. Mm-hmm. The first two, sort of, for me, go hand-in-hand in, hand in that I both watch them at the same... T- well, not at the same time and simultaneously, but at the same time in the sense of the same day, which is Friday, because Fridays I use for my catching up on uh, TV shows that are available on the internet, such as Jimmy Kimmel Live and Late Night with Conan O'Brien, which can both be found on the YouTubes. Not uh, not in their entirety. However, uh, Jimmy Kimmel does it a little bit better than Conan in that they'll post 
full interviews on Jimmy Kimmel Live's YouTube channel, whereas with Conan, it's usually not the full interview, it's usually just a snippet of the interview, I think. So I wish he would get his, uh, get his act together and follow Jimmy Kimmel's example, because he does it very, very well, and I appreciate it very, very much. So, uh, let's start with Conan. Why don't we? Uh, Conan does a bit on his show, and has for a while, I think, called Fan Corrections. Fan Corrections, in uh, it's basically fans will uh, not write in, will Skype in, I think is more accurate. Video email in um, things they spot in the show that are incorrect. Conan has a very, very good record in that every single one of these corrections has been disproved. So, uh, in actuality, he has yet to make a mistake. It's, it's really quite something. The mistake in question, because it is a question. It's not, uh, yeah, this is definitely a mistake. Was he said something about how when a new pope is chosen, the old pope will destroy his old ring? I guess something along those lines. And the joke there was how uh, in order to destroy the papal ring, you would have to take it to uh, Mordor. Ooh, Lord of the Rings reference. So uh, I, I like that, <laughs> obviously. Um, the fan correction was that uh, if you were to have to destroy a ring, you wouldn't take it to Mordor, you would take it through possibly Mordor to Mount Doom. Ah, got you there, didn't I? <laughs> But uh, I forget how they said, no, that's not true. But the device in which they used to disprove it was a sort of, uh, with action figures, some may say dolls, from Lord of the Rings, because the guy who uh, sent in the fan correction had, like, Lord of the Rings, um, I'll get to call them action figures, but some may say dolls. <laughs> Uh, he was a pretty nerdy dude from the looks of it. Had a Spongebob Squarepants toque on, I do recall. Yeah, and they made fun of him. Huh. Not very nice. Uh, and I think the other part of the fan correction was the Pope actually doesn't destroy his rig. So, there you go. Alright, next he had on, and I don't mean next in the sense that right after this he had this guest on. I just kind of watch him in whatever order they pop up, which is, I believe, no particular. Uh, it is March Madness, or is it still March Madness? I don't know, maybe when you're listening to it, uh, the, f the fact that it's now April, I guess, means it's not March Madness. And March Madness is over? Uh, is, is that how that works, I guess? College basketball? I don't really, and, and why do people care so much about college basketball? And why is it only in March that they seem to care about it? Hmm. And your brackets and what have yous. I don't get it. He pointed out that the uh, this is probably the only sports talk uh, I have ever done on this show. Is that possible? He pointed out that the Lakers have a team that on paper should be winning, uh, however, just are not. Oh, God. Uh, that just put me to sleep a little bit. I'm going to have a little nap. So Magic Johnson also, as you can imagine, talked a little bit about uh, his battle with uh, HIV-AIDS. And uh, he's actually looking pretty good. And it's uh, those those drugs that I believe what they call the cocktail, keeping him from uh, developing full-blown AIDS, uh, seems to be working. So, interesting. And it, 
and what was it? I think he said 22 years, 20 years, something like that, that he's been dealing with it. So, uh, interesting, interesting stuff. Next he had on uh, Vanessa Hudgens, who I believe, yeah, she's in that new movie, Summer, Spring Break? Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers. Which looks pretty goddamn awesome, I must say. That will definitely be in a movie Monday. I can guarantee friggin' it. Uh, she spoke a little bit about how in Disney, like Disney World, Disneyland, whatever, has like a special club where it's basically like only people who have like worked for Disney in the on the Disney Channel or what have you uh, get access to. Like she said, even uh, Conan wouldn't be allowed in, basically. So that kind of piqued my interest. Like what goes on in this special Disney club, I wonder. Okay, last but not least, uh, he had on a guy named Charles, Charles Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> I just wrote down his name because it's a cool name. Charles Phoenix, who was there to cook a lamb meatloaf. Whenever uh, Jimmy Kimmel or Conan have a like chef on and do a little cooking, it sounds like it might not be crazy interesting, as opposed to them saying, sitting down and talking with um, Magic Johnson, right? However, for some reason, these segments always, like, for me, amp up the comedy very highly. Maybe it's because they're trying to make cooking lamb meatloaf more interesting, and uh, they always seem to succeed. So I recommend, whenever you see a talk show host uh, in a cooking segment, which happens quite often... You watch it, because you will get laughs. Uh, so there's my little uh, little piece of advice there. Okay, let's move on to Jimmy Kimmel Live. Yeah. Well, I started talking about Conan with a segment he does, so why don't I start Jimmy Kimmel Live with a segment that he does? He's a big fan of uh, like going out on the streets. Not him personally, but sending someone. I think it's his cousin Sal. Uh, out on the streets to talk people. Uh, one way in which he does that and, and brings it back is to, say, go out and then ask people questions and then ask the audience what he think, what he thinks the people will say. This question in particular I liked it was, are you for or against same-sex marriage? So Cousin Sal will go out, ask this question, and then they'll pause it right before the person answers Quite often, the question uh, will mean they'll sort of make a face. <laughs> this one kind of uh, depressed me a little bit, because uh, I meant to and uh, didn't count how many people said for and how many said against, but it was many more said against than I thought would. Uh, I don't know if it was a 50-50 ratio, but that's kind of what it felt like. So that saddened me. Uh, it should be zero that say against, and uh, I suppose making headway in that direction, so that's something. It's going to be like, my kind of thought on that, it's going to be like um, with slavery, in that now we look back at the people who had slaves and say, like, oh my god, how is it even possible that people thought that slavery was okay? So, you know, in, I, I don't want to put a date on it, because I don't know when it will happen, but eventually we're going to look back and say, geez, can you believe people of that day did not believe that people in a uh, homosexual relationship should not be allowed to get married? Uh, yeah, so it's just a matter of time, and I'm sure people who want to get married that can't wish it would happen quicker than it is. 
But uh, I think it will happen. So is that a, is that a silver lining that it will happen? Just to have the knowledge that it will happen. I think that will make would make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's leave that at that, and uh, <laughs> say that after Cousin Sal asked and got the answer, he would then ask, <laughs> regardless of the answer, uh, who would you rather marry? And then throw two uh, celebrities at the people. <laughs> it was funny. The, the funniest thing about this was that even some of the people who said they were against uh, same-sex marriage would then go on to pick which uh, male celebrity they would marry. I think it was usually guys who said no. Maybe there was one girl. I don't really remember. That would have been interesting if I hadn't brought back what the ratio was. Whatevers. Okay, let's move on to Jimmy Kimmel Live interviewing Mr. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, who has a new movie coming out, uh, G.I. Joe. I wonder who he is in that movie, actually. I didn't see the first one. I uh, didn't really have much desire to see it. Maybe what I'll do now, though, is when I see this one, if I decide I want to, that is, I guess I should say, uh, watch the first one and this one, sort of a little mini-movie marathon. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll do that, because I like Bruce Willis a lot, so probably want to see it. I don't think he's Joe, though, is he? It'd be kind of nice if he was the bad guy, because uh, you don't get to see him play the bad guy very often, but I have a feeling he'd be good at it just for the reason that uh, he has, I think, a bit of a sense of humor, and I think just a little, 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 little tinch, that may be a word I made up, a little tinch of a sense of humor in a bad guy uh, is huge. It, it could make a, a mediocre bad guy an awesome uh, bad guy. Hey, look at the Joker, for example. Hmm? One of the best bad, bad men, and has that slight tinge, again, made up word, of uh, humor in him. So uh, he talked a little bit about that. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel did something that I always thought would be a good idea, which was ask Bruce Willis uh, questions he thought no one would have ever asked him, uh, such as, do you watch Honey Boo Boo? The answer was no. Have you ever used a curly straw? The answer was yes. Uh, can you do a cartwheel? The answer was yes. Have you ever been in a potato sack race? The answer was yes. Uh, have you seen the video gang, gangman style? Oh, gangman style? Gangman style? I just realized that I have trouble saying that. Gang, gangman? Gang, gangman? Gangman style? It, yes. <laughs> he said disappointedly. Have you ever done yoga? Yes. Do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> no. Have you ever played wiffle ball? Yes. Have you ever Googled yourself? Yes. That is all. I'm at work. We're going to come back and do more because I have more. Love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Eight hours of work com completed. Working robot powering down. Huh. Well, uh, I'm two days in 
to my two-week stretch of having my, um, let's say, right-hand woman away. <laughs> not my right-hand man, my right-hand woman. You see what I'm saying there? Uh, she's on vacation for a couple of weeks, so I'm uh, holding down the fort. So far, ah, jeez, I don't know if I should say anything. Uh, yeah, what the hell. I'm not usually superstitious. Or superstitious, even. Uh, so far, so good, <laughs> is what I was going to say. Uh, I'm keeping up, and nothing has phased me yet. So, hopefully I can keep this up at least for one more week, and then um, things start to fall apart horribly towards the end of the second week. It is understandable. Uh, did I just jinx myself? Well, uh, on the off chance that I did, you'll probably, possibly, maybe hear me complain about it. Although... As a sort of general rule, my uh, my work-related talk on the podcast is virtually nothing. Yes? Yes. The only reason I slipped it in here is because I only have one more show to talk about on this TV Tuesday drive home. So, um, although per- perhaps not brimming with extra time, I do have a little. Uh, why is one show going to take up any amount of time? Because... I did a TV marathon. Ah, ah, the TV marathon. When I was growing up, they probably, basically, did not really exist, other than the odd time when a TV channel would play a, uh, a show, do, do their own little marathon. Now, since uh, DVDs, and in the case of this show, Netflix, and video streaming sites and Amazons and what have yous. We're living in a land where you are able to sit down and just watch a show from beginning to end, watch an entire season in one sitting, if you so desire. I didn't quite do that here. And of course, the show I am talking about is Archer. Yay, Archer. Season 3, specifically. Season 1 and 2, I did watch a while back. Season 3, well, now, Season 1 through 3 is available on Netflix, so you can watch from the beginning. I believe Season 4 is on the air currently, pretty sure. Maybe even Season 5? I don't know. The show is awesome. Very, very funny. Uh, High in the uh, LPMs, which is uh, laugh per minute. Very high ratio there. The star of the show is Mr. John Benjamin. I think if you Google him, uh, you'll probably recognize him. Um, especially if you follow comedy and comedy circles. He's been on a lot of different things. Where do I remember most recently? I think he was on a bunch of episodes of Dimitri Martin's uh, television show, if I do recall. Also is uh, Aisha Tyler. Aisha Tyler, who has her own podcast. Hmm. What's it called? Girl on Guys? Girl, girl on men, girl on men, girl on guy. I can't quite remember. I, d- I did the when she first started out. I listened to a bunch of them, but I, but it's kind of uh, slipped off my radar. So uh, yeah, <laughs> she's she's a uh, very very funny, uh, very very sexy. Oh, maybe I should mention that this is a animated show, <laughs> just in case you Google Aisha Tyler and John. Benjamin, and then turn the show on, and are like, what the fuck? I don't recognize any of these people. 
Well, that will be because it is animated, and they do the voices of uh, the two main characters. Archer, and... Oh, I, I wrote it down, because I'm, as you know, listening from this... Listening to this podcast, as I hope you have been, I am horrible at remembering names. Aisha Tyler, whose name I would remember, because sometimes I do, uh, plays Lana Kane. They are spies who work for a... Really, I, I guess the way you could put it is a spy company called ISS. No, ISIS. <laughs> Sorry, ISIS. ISIS. IS. Oh, okay, well, I kind of derailed my brain there a little bit. Let's uh, basically just hop into the episodes, because i got quite a few of them, and see where that takes us on a magical, mystical journey of some sort, I imagine. The first one is one in which Archer and Team, Team being Lana Kane and a guy by the name of Cyril, are charged with the task, the quest, of taking down a drug lord. Oh, baby. The uh, the primary reason to take down this drug lord is not because he is a bad, bad man who peddles drugs. No, no, no. It's because he had a, I believe it was a million or a billion dollar bounty on his head, and uh, ISIS is in need of funds. So they set out to a sort of jungle environment in which this guy is held up, holding up, hold up, held up, held, holding, holding up, where he is holding up. Well, you know, Cyril, uh, I should mention, recently promoted to the spy biz, and no one believes he will be good at his job, because he's sort of your... Uh, accountant type, I think, would be a good way to look at him. So, they are, although perhaps not pleasantly surprised, just surprise, surprised that he doesn't do a horrible job. They, <laughs> it's funny because they think he's captured, which, why do I think I've seen this in something before, where uh, someone is thought captured by the bad guys, and then, uh, and then they in turn are captured, only to find that the person they thought was captured is actually doing fine and has sort of ingratiated themselves uh, with the with the bad guys. Has that happened before? I'll tell you what, I would love for you, from you even, uh, in the form of perhaps a little audience participation, if you can recall where else that situation has occurred, because I'm, I'm almost 100% positive that I remember that from somewhere else. What you can do is email me to the email address provided in the closing credits, and uh, if you do so, we'll uh, we'll bring her back to the Liberal Cube and talk about your answer. That is the Jordan Maywood Lackadaisical Liberal Cubicle guarantee. I should shorten that somehow, but I don't have time to shorten it right now. Let's move on to oh, uh, just to say that back in the office during this episode. They were forced to do a drug test. They're sort of on the show a, what I would call an evil doctor scientist guy, who is working for the good guys, of course. Um, and he has a way to pass any drug test through this sort of, uh, let's call it a cleanse, 
this formula he gives the office folk who, for one reason or another, had all done um, various drugs, gave them all sort of psychedelic hallucinations. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Let's see if I can remember. Uh, let's see. Okay, so one saw, uh, I guess, everyone as, like, Transformers or Decepticons. Yeah. One saw everyone as, like, melting. Their bodies were melting. Yeah, that's that one's not, it's not too weird. And one saw the floor as lava. <laughs> that one I liked because it's like that game you play as a kid. The floor is lava. However, uh, she literally thought the floor was lava, and if you touched it, you would die. <sighs> just the sort of crazy, just the sort of crazy hijinks you might see on a television show by the name of Archer. Okay, next is takes place on a train. Ah, action spy train stuff. Something about spies and trains seem to quite often go hand in hand. Uh, sort of on that note, the uh, the classic fight atop a train that Archer has with the bad guy in this case, <laughs> they both kind of agree that although it's cool in movies, it's friggin' a pain in the ass to be up there. Uh, eating bugs, having to duck tunnels, why are we doing this? Let's just go inside and fight, that kind of vibe. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention about this episode in particular, the bad guy was voiced by none other than... Didn't write down his name. <laughs> Shit. Um, anyways, voiced by Ricky of the Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. I am not sure if that is... I think it must be popular down in the States. Because I know it's Canadian-made, takes place... Um, basically, uh, I guess it could take place in any trailer park, but it does take place in, like, a, a Maritimes trailer park with uh, Ricky and Julian and Bubbles, and they all did voices in this episode. Although, Bubbles, uh, I actually am not 100% if, A, he did one, but I think he did, and I think he just used his normal voice, not his Bubbles voice, which is strange just for the reason that these guys, these trailer park boys, are sort of famously known for never going out of character, which uh, which I always very much appreciate. Okay, let's move on to... Uh, Archer got a new car. A new spy car. Eh? Eh? It was a pretty sweet-looking deal. It had a bar in the glove compartment that is both dangerous and awesome. It was stolen by what he assumed... He assumed it was stolen by the Yakuza. Ah. Yakuza are not good. Very, very bad. You do not want to have dealings with with the Yakuza, basically. I probably shouldn't say too much, because I assume that uh, there are many member, many, 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 am I having a stroke? Uh, <laughs> I assume there are many, many members of the Yakuza listening to this podcast. So, uh, let's just say uh, I respect them very, very much and fear them even more so. Of course, one of the uh, Yakuza was voiced by uh, George Takei, George Takai, depending on how you want to say it. Oh, a guy carrying a gas can. That's sad. Should have picked him up. I did not. Uh, one thing I want to say about George Takai, or Takei, depending on how you want to say it, is that he will be at uh, Fan Expo in um, Toronto in 
August, and I plan to get his autograph on the old nerd cane. So, uh, wish me luck with that. Moving on to uh, Archer's mother by the name of Mallory, voiced by the mother of uh, the Bluth family on Arrested Development, I should say. Something they do with some of the characters, like uh, Yisha Tyler's and uh, this character, they kind of make them look like the actual people a little bit. So uh, I like that idea. They didn't with John Benjamin, I must say. Uh, Okay, well, you're going to want to get a look at John Benjamin and get a look at Archer, and you will see they don't quite look alike. Hmm. Anyways, uh, she is the head of ISIS, so a little nepotism going on there. And she, in this episode, sort of uh, shows how sneaky she can be in that... Uh, this one's a bit of a spoiler, but what the hell, it's still funny, even if you know, she basically killed the uh, Italian president and used uh, the group who works under her at ISIS, Archer included, to dispose of the body. Um, but by, like, tricking them into it, it had a sort of, like, there was a kind of a dinner party-esque uh, to it. Uh, that doesn't really make sense. Sort of a, they used a dinner party to trick cops who showed up. Uh, and that had a feel to episodes of uh, Frasier, the television show Frasier. He always seemed to, and in later episodes they would even admit this, he'd always seemed to throw dinner parties or parties, and then shit just went horribly, horribly awry uh, to great comedic effect. Those were some of my favorite episodes. So, uh, this had a bit of that vibe to it. Okay, moving on to letting this guy pass me. Crazy bastard. Going 120, he is. Uh, This one starred the doctor, the crazy doctor I mentioned, Dr. Krieger. He revives, through sort of robotic means, Archer's uh, deceased wife. Or perhaps more accurately, fiancé, I think. Because... Uh, it was like that episode, episode, it was like that James Bond movie, which, was it the one with George Lazenby? I think it might have been. Uh, that not many people know about, uh, that James Bond was at one point married or engaged to be married or had just recently been married, can't quite remember which, uh, and his wife was then murdered, shot, shot up uh, by one of the bad guys. So this same thing happened to Archer. Uh, she comes back. She kind of reminds me of Svetlana. Svetlana, of course, the Russian impression that the missus does. <laughs> reminds me a bit about, of, of her, except blonde. Because I, I always pictured Svetlana to be a brunette. Okay, getting close to home. Uh, let's see. So Archer's sort of nemesis is also a cyborg, like his uh, newly reincarnated wife who basically comes and steals his wife away. Not through sort of bad guy means as kidnapping, but sort of uh, two hearts beating as one, two cyborgs, um, not able to find true love because no one understands the life of a cyborg. Yeah, sadness. It's tough being a cyborg, I tell you. I mean, not saying I am a cyborg, but... I'm a cyborg. Alright, the cat's out of the bag. Uh, Couldn't hold it in any longer. I am a cyborg. 
Uh, see, there's the proof. The proof is the proof is the proof. One more episode to get in before I get home. It is called Space Race. I uh, don't know why I wrote the episode title down this time. Basically, Archer and team, the whole the whole gang, because this was the season finale of season three, I guess, uh, goes up to an international space station. Not the, but an international space station by the name of Horizon, because there's some mutineers on board. Ooh, this thing is huge, so it's not you know mutineers in space. Kind of a little little space piratey there. And we love, in the Liberal Cube, our space pirates. Do we not? We do. Question asked and answered. In this episode is Brian Cranston, so I wrote that down, because I like that fact. He plays a uh, the guy who sort of trains them to go into space and uh, brings them up there. Uh, I won't give away too much other than to say that the mutineers are mutineering because they want to take the space station to orbit Mars and start... Uh, sort of uh, populating Mars and um, terraforming it and stuff like that. That's why they brought Archer and team on board because they wanted to use Aisha Tyler and her sexy, sexy body uh, to pump out some babies because she was sort of like the genetic jackpot, I guess, as far as baby making. Okay. (laughs) Genetic jackpot as far as baby making. Mm-hmm. Folks, I am at home, which means this episode is concluded. It also means that it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicalist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.